Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Special CarCast plan. You're going to hear the road trip back from Goodwood to Heathrow and a retelling of all that we can remember from running up the hill and all the hijinks at uh, Goodwood. So we'll get to the inside of the rental car in a second from jolly old England. First, I'll tell you about uh, Quip. Most of us brush our teeth wrong. That's because most brands focus on selling flashy gimmicks rather than better brushing. Quip is an electronic toothbrush. It's a fraction of the cost of the bulkier brushes. has a built-in timer with guiding pulses to remind you when to switch sides. I love that. I had a dentist tell me once, too, don't grip that thing too tight. Hold it lightly. Tips your fingers. You're pushing too hard. Quip also has uh, subscription plans delivering new brush heads every three months for just five bucks, including free shipping worldwide. Smart. Quip starts at just 25 bucks, and you can uh, get Quip at, uh, go to getquip.com slash carcast right now. You'll get your first refill pack for free. So get your first refill pack for free at getquip, that's Q-U-I-P dot com slash carcast, getquip.com slash carcast. All right, let's hop inside that rental car speeding to Heathrow from Goodwood. Get it on, got to get it on, no choice but to get on. Mandate, get it on, and welcome to CarCast from the road. I'm Adam Carolla. That's Matt, the motorator, DeAndrea, sitting behind me in my, our rental car, right, Matt? Yeah, our Hyundai Santa Fe. Now, you should know that... Uh, With a manual transmission? Oh, yeah. Alan is uh, driving, and uh, Nate Adams is uh, here with us as well. More on them in a minute we're driving home from well we're driving to london heathrow from goodwood from the goodwood festival speed the hill climb uh it is uh, a sunday and it's unseasonably hot out here matt yeah we were prepared for rain i think and uh we're sort of expecting it but it was been uh in the 80s the whole time it's been nice uh, a little humid a little sweaty but uh but a beautiful weekend at the at the goodwood estate yeah so the weather was uh, beautiful even a little bit hot but good for the spectators and good for the cars on the track um 
every manner of cars here. We saw some Mercedes that were mind-numbing. You know, you, you think about Ferrari GTOs in terms of rare exotic sports cars, but uh, they have stuff from the 50s, the 30s, the 40s that Sterling Moss drove and, like, some of that stuff from the 50s. And we saw some, like, I, I don't know, F1 cars before before it was F1, Grand Prix cars Mercedes had from the 30s that are just... I, if, 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 a, if a GTO is 50 million bucks and they made 36 of them, these cars they made three of. Yeah, we saw we saw the straight eight uh, Mercedes and the V8 Mercedes with the supercharger on it, which uh, we'll we'll post a bunch of photos uh, to our uh, social media at the Carcast Show. Engineering that was unheard of at its time. I mean, we were looking at uh, one V8 supercharged car. E- even the supercharging was much cooler back then because everything was aluminum with fins and it'd be mounted in the middle of the car i wish i uh, middle of the engine like a, i don't know direct drive from the crank or something like i wish i knew more about how that kind of supercharging worked like when you see the supercharged bentleys and the superchargers like sitting on the front bumper and there's there's no belts or chains or cables or anything some sort of like shaft driven thing or some sort of prop driven thing and i'm always curious to like the specs like how much compression is that engine it's got to be super low and then how much power is the supercharged add you know is it is it 100 horsepower but then 130 with the supercharger or is it anywhere even near that well from the looks of the complexity of the engine and the castings i mean we're looking at stuff from 1937 1939 and the engineering that was going on inside that engine bay was unbelievable on the on the v8 and the and the straight eight and mainly on the suspension because the a arms and connecting arms and everything was all cast aluminum we kind of take that for granted now because now we would you know if we were building stuff like that from scratch we'd 3d print it and then if we like it we'd cnc it we just machine it out of aluminum and have a big you know, a big five-axis CNC cut that thing all night and get it all perfect in the morning when you came back into the shop. But it was unbelievable engineering. And the V8 supercharged car, these are like silver arrow-looking things, like crazy aluminum. Everything's aluminum. Um, I was looking at one, and it was from 1937, and I thought to myself, oh, I guess you guys took a few years off in between building this one and the next one maybe something came up during that time and i was looking at it and i thought god i'd hate to go to war with the country that built this because <laughs> they also probably do a hell of an airplane and a tank and everything else so the mercedes stuff is you know we don't talk about it that much it's sort of not discussed that much i think they had the big crash at le mans 59 or 55 uh, I wanted to say 55, and then I thought the car was from 55, but I guess it was. Either way, big crash in 55, and uh, then they pulled out of racing. So, you, And then they came back much later. But you don't hear that much about Mercedes, or at least we don't talk that much about it. But their vintage race cars are unheard of in terms of uh, unrivaled in terms of engineering but also in terms of one of one, like that Sterling Moss car that was sitting there. Yeah. 
you know, if a, if a Ferrari GTO is fifty million, that thing's eighty-five, right? It would have to be. And and the by the way, the Mercedes from that nineteen fifty-five Le Mans, they had a couple of them. Uh, I believe the rule was that that the government said Mercedes wasn't allowed to sell those to anybody privately. But a few years ago, when we did uh, one of the private uh, Laguna races, one of the uh, Rich White Guy Day races, um, somebody was there with the car. And he said, oh, we don't own it. We just made a deal to be the caretakers of it from Mercedes. And I asked that guy, what do you think it was worth? This was a few years ago. He said probably $100 million. Oh, yeah. And that, that was four or five years ago. Yeah. So things have gone up a little. So if you're listening and you own that car, I go ahead and tell your uh, boss to blow you. Uh, this, <laughs> when, you go, when you go to your work, when you go into UPS this morning, tell them I no can do. Um, we Speaking of GTOs, we uh, got to go look at a 250, 63, 62. I think it was a 62. Uh, thank you. And uh, wait, whose was that? I keep screwing up Nick the Nick Mason. Name. Nick Mason. Yeah, Drummer Pink Floyd. Got too many rock stars in my head. Nick Mason. And we went to follow the car. And uh, as we went up the hill, it turned out there was a professional driver in it, a driver for hire. Nick had driven it the day before, but I do believe. Friday and Saturday, I believe. Friday and Saturday, the days before. But uh, now we looked this up, and he bought the car in 1977 for thirty-five thousand pounds, which was like forty-seven thousand dollars a U.S. Uh, yeah, it was actually a little bit more back then with the with the uh, rate, but it but it was still under double. I mean, yeah. meaning it was under seventy. So he bought a seventy thousand dollar Ferrari that he has today. And talk about return on your investment. This is every bit of 50? Every bit of 50. You know, I mean, we know that, uh, that, uh, what's his name? The, the, the guy that owns WeatherTech floor mats was supposed to have the most expensive car purchased now at 70 million. And that was a 250, uh, Ferrari. Yeah. And I'll, I'll bet you Nick Mason would say his is better, but, (laughs) I mean, I would say the Nick Mason ownership adds something to it as well. He's had it for so long, and he's yeah. done so many cool things with it. He's he's also driven at Le Mans. The, uh, Not that car, but he's he's been a driver at Le Mans. I didn't know that. The, the uh, car has what looks like newish paint, but the interior is as is, like leather seats like two leather seats that are very well worn and uh, the guy drove it said put your head in there give it a smell and it (laughs) smells like a 60s car like not that much different than like ones you grew up with with your dad was driving just that that old 60s smell so uh that was a very very interesting piece and i didn't know that those cars had a transmission tunnel mounted speedo oh i didn't see that right by i think nate got some video of the interior lots of video of the interior of the car that we can can and i'll just remind you guys that we have a bunch of videos that nate shot he's going to cut them all together they're going to be available on the the vero social media network and motor trend on demand yeah just um 
unbelievable one-of-a-kind stuff but that thing had a speedo a big speedo right in front of that gated shifter on the uh, transmission tunnel that's turned toward the driver with like a leather backing on it like it was in a, a leather cozy which just made it look all that much more interesting uh anyway just a great piece everything was there 917s the 917 with the golf livery the uh rothman 911 paris to dakar rally car was right next to us we saw was it a 961 a 961 it was like a 1986 or 87 i believe 86 961 Porsche. I think it's the only one. And uh, I want to say the owner's name or the guy, the caretaker's name is Andy Prill. Something Prill. P-R-I-L-L. Very, very nice guy. He was fantastic. Uh, We've got some contact information from him. We're probably going to see him up at Monterey. And if we do, we should sit down with him and and chat with him on on this show as well. But um, what a cool car. That was just just done right i talked to the driver and he's like i'm just kind of a driver for hire and he's like i couldn't be you know i couldn't have a better job in the world than driving this car he loved it well he could have got paid to drive nick mason's gto <laughs> that seemed other, like a lot more work other than that <laughs> i think the 961 is probably easier to drive the 961 quietly was one of our favorite cars out there because it almost looked like someone took a turbo Porsche from the 80s and put like some sort of wide body kit and a rear spoiler on it and painted it up in a Rothmans tribute, right? Yeah. So like it was kind of an interesting piece, but if someone had put a body kit on it and painted it up as a tribute car, you'd go, oh, that was a cool idea. But when you find out it was a real race car and it's one of one and you've never seen it before, that made it that much cooler. Speaking of that Rothmans 959, uh, the rally car. That guy was out there with that thing, with just the full-on rally tires and everything. Well, that was a 911. I thought it was a 959 at first, when I realized that was a 911. The 959 rally car was up on the big piece of sculpture, I hmm. think. So we're, the one we're going to have to check the tape on this one. Well, the one closest to us was a 911. Okay. Because I interviewed that guy. I thought it was a 959 for a minute. Because I thought it was a 959, I was probably talking to you, and you filled my head with misinformation. Yeah. But I went and interviewed that guy. I, I know at this juncture, you still think you're right. <laughs> Abandoned. <laughs> because I interviewed the guy who kept the car, and I said, is this a 959? He went, no, it's a 911. And I know it sounded Middle Eastern. It sounded he angry was, about he it, German. Too. He was not happy <laughs> about me accusing. It was, it was a straight 911. Like what did you say? I'll still talk to you. It's okay. Look at the yeah. Look, <laughs> picture the rear end, Matt. There was no nine five nine rear on that car. It wasn't wide enough. It was a straight nine eleven, but okay. it was still the Rothman Dakar thing and driven Paris to Dakar. Like like I don't know. We did the kilometers thing. It was like I don't know, almost four thousand mile race or something. Um, 5,900 kilometers, so it's six, oh, 3,000 miles, right? Four? I said four. Damn it. Um, I thought it was six. Will you say 59? Oh, 59, yeah. right? Yep. So six times six is 36, but 6.2 is a little bit more, so it's like a little under four, right? Okay. So 
I, I took looked four of us to do math. Right I, now. I looked at took four of us. I looked at the top <laughs> of the I looked at the top of the car, and it it said like X on it. I was like, oh, is that guy related to Jackie X, F one driver? And he's like, that was F one driver Jackie X. So <laughs> F one driver Jackie X not only drove F one, but he drove a four thousand mile rally from Paris to to car. Um, by the way, I don't think you can do that now because of ISIS. <laughs> I, I think I, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> they they used to be able to do it, and now they can't do it. Now, does ISIS send people to the race and just start picking people off, or are we just out completely? Do you have to? Well, no, with- no, it's not. It's not. It's 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 not because of the threat they pose. It's they win every year in those Toyota pickup trucks with the with the machine gun mounts in the back they're so light <laughs> and they're desert people and they and those things are bulletproof you saw that uh, i was talking about on my show those toyotas that they don't import yeah into the united states so they're unbeatable so they just get they're like what the kenyans are to uh the the marathons so yeah you got to look into paris to dakar because they did shut it or they did do a part where like well we got to go around al-qaeda held territory and then we'll we'll start again kind of a sad <laughs> testimonial right <laughs> yeah not the best endorsement for that race event but okay now i don't know if the trouble's on the paris side or on the dakar side i'm gonna look into that but i'm guessing it's a little less in the parisian side and a little more in the darkarian um yeah you say desert people and i think of star wars and i'm coming out of the rocks with the with the weird masks on and it's a it's lot of that weird. So uh, that car was pitted right next to us. Um, Alan literally just slowed down to look at girls on the side of the road. We just did and almost hit him with our, my mirror. Um, <laughs> okay, quick break to talk about Zip Recruiter. Hiring used to be hard. Now it's easy. You only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash car. Oh, that's us. ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply to your job. 80% of employers who post on the job sites, ZipRecruiter, get a quality candidate within the first day. That's within 24 hours. With results like that, it's no wonder ZipRecruiter is the highest rated hiring site in America. So let's not waste any time right now. Our listeners can try ZipRecruiter free at this exclusive web address. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash car. ZipRecruiter.com slash car. Try it out for free. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. ZipRecruiter. And who could forget Castrol Edge? Tech advances. They made engines smaller. Boy, you should see these little sewing machine engines in these cars out here in Europe. But they got to work, and that's why they need synthetic, and that's why they need Castrol Edge, made with liquid titanium technology. They've also got together with the uh, Need for Speed video game guys and created a challenge called Titanium Gamer, and you can check it out at Castrol USA YouTube page. It's free. It's a cool video. If you're an enthusiast, well, if you're listening, you're into it. Castrol USA YouTube page. All right, let's get back on the road. We had the Coca-Cola, so we should talk about the yeah. bizarre Coca-Cola uh, 935 Let K3. me tell you something about that car. That front fender has a striking resemblance to the McLaren Senna. <laughs> yeah, so we had a funny... 
I don't listen to that car cast a couple of weeks ago. Coinkadink. I don't know what it was, but like I get stuff in my head. I'm looking at our waves now. We're trying to get to the airport. Um, I get stuff in my head and I just get like a snapshot of stuff in my head. And when I get a, a sort of snapshot of it, I'm not, I'm not always right, but there's usually some version of it where I, where I am very right. And people try to talk me out of my, my, <laughs> my, my righteousness, but I'm sticking with it. So we were looking at the McLaren Senna on Father's Day, right? We went yeah. to the McLaren booth and stuff like that. That was great. We're looking at the McLaren Senna. We like the McLaren Senna. I announced that the McLaren Senna front fenders and the arch around the front tire resembled that of a newer, bigger 935 K3 Porsche, not my 935, but a newer, maybe even tube frame style with the bigger Kremer body on it. So that much I announced. Right. And then I said to Max Zapata, go on the computer and make me right and find me an image and find me that McLaren Senna image. And so he went on there and he did, you know, we get in our normal arguments where I was like, you're not looking in the right place and you're not making me right. And you got to find the thing. And he kept showing me just pictures of 935s and it just had a regular sort of hoop over the front tire and it it didn't look right. It, It wasn't helping my, wasn't making my point. And I just kept kind of, I had it in my head. And I, I'm not, a, I've only seen the McLaren the one time on Father's Day. And I, I'm not, I, I'm not a 935 expert, not that body style, but I still kind of had this like the fender. And also I was saying the front of the fender, but I really meant the fender and the rear of the fender. Right. Where he it looked he like. found us pictures of a 935 at the same angle that we took photos of the Senna, but it didn't show what you were getting at. So you were, you were asking him to find more like side pictures of the of the 935k. Yes, and at some point as I was kind of trying to whittle it down in my brain, at some point I said, "Oh, show me the Coca-Cola 935." And he's like started pulling up pictures of a Coca-Cola liveried 935 and and that didn't really match either. And so it wa- it wasn't very satisfying and at some point we just turned the page and got on with it. And if you guys listen to Carcast, you'll remember that 10-minute discussion about 9:35. Then when we showed up at Goodwood uh on Friday, the car pitted directly next to me and there wasn't anything to the left of the car, only to the right cuz to the left was uh, barrier to the car closest to me. The only car next to our car was a Kremer 935 with the Coca-Cola livery and the exact same fender on it that the Senna McLaren had on it. And that's the guy who was pitted closest right <laughs> next to us. I've never. And McLaren's booth was. 200 feet away with a Senna out front. Right. So we went out front and I looked at it and we took a picture and then we went to the car right next to our car. I'm meaning three feet away from our car in the pit. 
and it had the same rear part of the fender, right? Yeah, it did. You, you'll see pictures. We'll post them up all over our social media. So, My Matt, who media. was extremely right in that situation? Um, not Chris. <laughs> well, he wasn't really Chris. arguing. He just couldn't right. find the picture of it, right? Right. Uh, he did find the car, but even the angle wasn't right. Right. And we just couldn't. It was tough to. Who was to, dead nuts on that description? Yeah, of that, that, that's, that, that one's you. Thank you. But it's crazy that the guy pits next to us, right? <laughs> and then when they go up the hill, when that guy's going up the hill and they got it on the Jumbotron and they're filming that guy go up the hill and it's Coca-Cola 935, they announce that I'm behind the wheel. Yeah. Which is kind of insane that two weeks earlier we had a long discussion about that 935 with no thoughts about ever seeing it in person, ever not knowing where it was, right? Well, the Goodwood announcers do not listen to CarCast, I suppose. But I'm also, just saying, they... it's insane that two weeks later, that there's an image of that 935 <laughs> going up the hill in Goodwood and a guy yelling into a mic, that's Adam Carolla driving that car. <laughs> well, that's that's never going to happen again, right? No. The second time you were up there, like, Adam's in the Moby Dick car, which is not your car. Yeah, they don't sweat the details. They didn't really go for the details on this one. The Moby Dick cars, another car we'll see featured at Vera, and that car is... I love that car. I love, I love the livery. Is that thing Rothman or, or Martini? What the hell's that livery? Oh, there were so many now, I don't remember. By the way, yeah, you would have... Uh, check the tape. You would have loved the conversation I had with the guy next to me you know when you go to the top of the hill after you do the run you go all the way up the top of the hill there's a circular kind of roundabout driveway thing and then you stop up there and everyone just piles up and then at some point they blow a whistle and you get back in your car i was able to thankfully bump start my car going down that hill because uh, the battery had crapped out um but i had a guy next to me who ran at lamar back in the day and he told me he drove a 917. And I said, what was the livery on the 917? And he said, it was a factory car. And I said, what was the livery? And he said, it was factory car. And then later later on, hold on, I got to look at my ways now. Uh, go to the left. First one, second one. First, first one. Second. Second. I'm oh, sorry. I don't know what that says. Yeah, sorry, second. So Good thing they're roundabouts. We can go around. Roundabouts. I love these things. I would have dug that Yes song a lot more <laughs> back in junior high if I appreciated physically going through a roundabout. So much better than traffic signals. And as we come up to our first traffic signal, you can drive the entire English countryside and never see a traffic signal, which is awesome. Um, that... Uh, the hell was i talking about moby dick no the, the guy oh, the said guy, what livery was the guy you said what livery to the right yeah i said what livery the guy was like factory car the guy said factory car and then i said okay and i like asked him again he said like factory car again and i had a guy standing in between the two of us because we're both in our cars so we couldn't yell out the window and he was like from switzerland or something left to london and i said uh Oh, and now I wasn't that satisfied because like, I'm trying to picture a, Por- a Porsche factory livery, you know. So then I said, 
<clears throat> was it Gulf livery? And the guy was like, no, it was a factory car. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? It, what was delivering? And he's like, Martini and Rossi. And I was like, oh, all right. Well, there you go. There you go. It took a while. I, I get the fact that it's a Porsche factory car, but it's still sponsored by somebody. And maybe I should have known more, but I don't know. It could have said Martini. He was going for value. He was going for value add. He's saying Porsche factory car. I know, but somewhere car. around the fourth time, the guy next yeah. to you asks, what is the livery? The livery isn't Porsche factory. It's Martini. And by the way, is Martini yeah, the same as the Martini and Rossi? Uh, I don't know. Sure. We're going to the run. No, I think I think we're not that one. A third roundabout. Oh, around the right one. All right, I don't know. Read my phone. Um, All right, we're doing good. Doing it again. Which one? All the way around. All the way around. So, it's good at roundabouts. There were, uh, (laughs) God, there were a few nine seventeens there, right? Yeah. I had one in front of me, like during the whole staging time. They'll think oh, just the green one. a lot of trouble with. Uh, well, so we can talk about that. The whole setup was cool, but a little hectic on the cars because they were celebrating Porsche's 70th anniversary. And because of that, they really wanted to put a lot of emphasis on that mark as a brand. So they, we went into this with the two run groups and we were confused. Are they splitting it into two groups or whatever? And so the run group went out, I don't know, 1230. You go up the hill, you come back down, and then they had all the cars pull in in front of the castle, sit there for 45 minutes for, so people can take photos. And then you go directly out and run the hill again, which is fine. But under that scenario, all these cars got to start and stop and shut down the engines, you know, nine times. And... None of these cars are designed to do that. They all have to be on trickle chargers. The alternators aren't enough to start these modern batteries. And and then next thing you know, there's 40 cars out there, and 35 of them have jumper packs and people running around and trying to get them done. It was it was a great display for the fans, but it was certainly odd for all the drivers and the crew. Yeah. So that guy in front of you... He had issues with starting his car, and then he had some issues with it running, and then keeping it running, and it sounded like it was misfiring, and and it, it was it was kind of hectic on on the car. So I, I I think that needs a little more thought into uh, uh, maybe the next year that they do it, whatever it is, the feature is going to be. It is crazy sitting behind a nine seventeen, you know, one of my favorite cars with that kind of crazy history and just sitting sitting back there the guy I was sitting behind is the guy the guy who owns the car Nate knows the guy right in the green and white David Piper David Piper right that was David Piper's car that's the guy who lost a leg during the filming of Lamas. is that right Nate he got into a bad crash I believe so yes yeah if you watch the documentary Lamog, you'll see an old guy sitting there who got his leg removed after crashing when they were filming 
Lamar in a nine seventeen had to have his it's, leg amputated. They the the announcer uh, at Goodwood said something to that effect, and uh, uh, he just just so dry though. He's like, uh, here he uh, filmed Lamar. Lost a leg filming Lamar, and then that was it. And he just moved on. It's like, what? It's like, what happened? What's going on? He just just plugged it as, film Lamar, lost a leg in the process. I thought he screwed it up and said Moby had his dick removed. <laughs> and that's Tiff Nadell. <laughs> Tiff Nadell. Tiff that's Nadell. the greatest race car dra- driver name ever, right? Yeah. Tiff Nadell. <laughs> Damn it, I should name my boy Tiff. Tiff. Tiff is aw- I don't know what Tiff Nadell does. I don't know. I don't know. Alive, Although, but- unrelated, we were talking about the name Powers Booth the other day. That's solid. That's a solid name. Powers Booth is solid. But I, I like the finesse of a Tiff Nadell. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a Powers Booth, that's 427 big block. But <laughs> Tiff Nadell. That that's is, high RPM. That's a high RPM, high revving, small <laughs> piston, overhead cam, European engine, right? Yeah. Mechanical slide injection, Tiff Nadell. So, yeah, uh, made the runs. I was behind that guy in the 917, I mean, for an hour. Like, well, they take you out there, they set you out there, and all that guy was doing was trying to keep that car going so his guys wouldn't have to push him and bump start him again. And the whole right bank, there was just fire coming out of the exhaust, and at some point, fire up top in the injection as well. Like, like just just crackling and popping and popping and crackling and like you know after 20 minutes it gets a little annoying because there's just plumes of black smoke and oh, you're just blowing all kinds of shit right in front of you you're you're three feet behind him like you're sitting at a stoplight and this guy no catalytic converters uh, no, there's he, no air and recirculation in your car you just windows down and helmet on and you just sit there and that guy's just popping and sputtering and sputtering and popping black smoke and fire and you know as part of me is like this is getting this is getting old but the other part of me is like that's a 917 <laughs> and you just got a front row seat to the back of that car and the back of that car is just all engine it's it's yeah. the back of that car is wide open people kind of forget you know, the front end looks great, but the back end is really just some fiberglass hanging over the top of those slicks, and then the whole back end's open. So that was a kind of a treat. They had the Golf liveried 917 there. Yeah, that's a good-looking car. Uh, they had the Brumos RSR. With, uh, Tell me about your run. Hurley Haywood. I don't like to talk. Okay. <laughs> um I, I did. I, I I swore I was going to go online and look at look at the look at the line or look at the run or look at the me driving two years ago or whatever. I kind of whiffed on that. So I I realized when I got there, I kind of not didn't totally remember what's going on. But we got the program and I looked in the back and I saw the shape of the track. So I got to look at that for a little bit. Um, I know that Porsche had super long gears, so. I was assuming that I could take the first from the starting point to like the first right turn in first gear because the first gear is good to like 80 miles an hour, which, you know, driving nope. around that paddock and trying to get around everywhere with a first gear that's good to 80 miles an hour and you're just having to throw revs at that crazy engine with the turbos and not have it stall, especially later on 
when oh, our when battery, the battery died. was dead. You can't and, stall. You never get it started again. And they're like moving you all around, and you're having to put it in reverse, and you can't see. And there's cars behind you, and there are multi-million dollar cars behind you. There's a guy like waving at you, blowing a whistle, like turn, turn. And there's people in front of you, and you're like blah 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 blah. blah, blah. It's kind of a long first gear. It, it, the hardest part about that whole event is getting the car around through a huge crowd of people at a very slow speed. Yeah. Um, I mean, that being said, it's still a very well-organized event. Yes. But a lot of waiting. Yeah, and there's just no other way to do it but to have this throng of humanity that your car passes through. You know, you always kind of think, like, doesn't somebody's foot slip off the clutch and some kid get killed? I, or I think about that all the time, how they don't... how. They just manage to avoid that. I don't know what it is, and I guess uh, the guys are good drivers, which helps. But yeah, still, but some of those like guys mechanical. are eighty plus years old. I know there's like <laughs> mechanical failure. But anyway, hey, you've heard me talk about Brush Hero. No more back aches. No more wet, scraped up knuckles. One hundred percent water powered. No batteries or electricity required. Just a standard garden hose. Starter set comes with two brush heads, soft one for sensitive surfaces like paint and chrome, tough one for serious muck, extensive line of accessories to clean virtually anything, boats, barbecues, yard tools, patio furniture, RVs. I wish I had an RV, but I got cars and I use brush hair. It's a really cool device and uh, you've seen it on Shark Tank. You can get it at uh, Amazon, Costco, Walmart, or you can buy direct at BrushHero.com, and you can get 10% off your entire order when you use the code CARCAST. Plus, orders over 40 bucks ship for free. BrushHero.com. Get the 10% off. Use car, CARCAST on the code. And who could forget about GEICO? Want to save some money on your car insurance? You go with GEICO.com. Go there. Spend about 15 minutes and see just how much you could be saving on your auto insurance. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Take that extra money, put it in your pocket, save it for a plane ticket so we could see out at uh, Goodwood next year. That is the best. That is Geico. Uh, first run kind of felt it out. Nice having the turbo and kind of pushing it at the end, coming into that. Uh, the finish line. Uh, second run on Friday, got into it a little bit more and felt it out a little bit more. Uh, third run, same, same. And then, and then fourth kind of got into it. Um, we ran into, well, a couple things. We saw somebody sent you a picture or us a picture of the car sort of going up the hill and and I don't know when they took the picture where it was, but it, you could tell it was planted, right? Yeah, it was really squatting down. It looked good. And, and thanks to everybody that tweeted us photos and videos from the uh, uh, from the live stream because we weren't able to see it while being there. So, um, uh, And that's what you're talking about. Somebody tweeted us a couple photos of the car, maybe screenshots from the, from, the, from the live stream. It, was kind it of looked from, great. It was kind of from behind. And just if you know cars, you can kind of tell the difference between uh, braking or accelerating or, you know, you can kind of see it. And this looked cool because the rear end looked like it was squatted down. 
and the front end looked like it was lifting up, right? Yeah. It just looked like it was into the turbo. Is that correct? Yeah, it did. And we had the we we were the only ones with the big 19s on the back. You know, we found out everybody else is running an, an Avon 18 inch. Oh, uh, we not running. I thought we were running 18 too. I thought we were running the eight, the 19s. Wasn't uh, that was was on I'm it? Confused. I thought uh, we got to work it out. No, I think we're running the 310 like 702 19 and everybody else is running the Avon 365 yeah. 760 18. Now you sound like Lynette. Yeah. Um, oh, she texted me. That's where I got that. <laughs> Poor Matt. His job not only is to find beer, but the other part is like, take a picture of those tires. Take a picture of those tire size. What are those tires size? What are those? Avons? Are those Avons? Take a picture. Take a picture. I got a picture. I got get the size in. I got to have the size. You got to get size. back to have the size. Like, it's kind of insane how much um, I'm into that. But back in the States, we run 16s on the front, 16s on the rear. It Back in the day, they ran 16s in the front and 19s in the rear. And they don't make a 19-inch tire anymore. So the guys in the UK and Europe, they all switched to 16-18. In the States, we just went 16-16, which I never really liked. I wanted the 18s. Or the bigger ones in the rear. More period correct. Has a better look, right? Yeah, it looks closer to the way it was supposed to be because it, it, it's supposed to have that staggered uh, uh, wheel. And on the 19, it, it looks great, you know, but when you go to the 16, there's a lot of sidewall and the 18 would have been better. And now that we know that there's an 18-inch tire available, it's the biggest Avon that they make. Yes, uh, we sh- we'll we'll look into that. I guess. Yeah, and what people may may not realize is, you know, you go why the height, and maybe I'm the only one who didn't realize this, but they made a rule that said you can't go any wider than like 14 inches. So, because everyone is everyone, they realized if they couldn't go any wider. With the, with the width of the tire, if they went from a 16 to like a 19, if they went taller, they'd still have a bigger footprint on the, on, the, on the track, and that's what they wanted. Right, as long as the overall diameter increases. I right. mean, if, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you go yes. from your 16 to your 19, but it's still a 28-inch tire, it right. doesn't make a difference. The right. wheel doesn't. But you're right, the overall diameter. The rear tire on your car, what we're talking about, is like 28 inches in diameter. It's massive. It's 14 inches wide, and it's 28 inches diameter. It's, it's, it's got it, a like, huge footprint. It's it's really tucked in in, in the car, and you, you don't really notice it. But if you take that tire and rim off of that car and like roll it around the shop you'll freak out it's yeah. like wow is this thing huge the rim's the size of a bathtub like you can <laughs> you can sit in it but you know the car makes a lot of power and i guess they they wanted to hook up um and it ran good right after our good. dyno session and yeah. our, our our stint with jay leno and and whatnot I, so yeah uh, it's got to be making 650 horsepower at the crank seems yes. to be pretty pretty solid i was had psychologically worried that when our battery went dead that somehow the car wasn't going to run right even when we got it started but once we got it started had this funny thing where we stole somebody's booster who was pissed about it you missed it matt 
he was he was pissed about it. Then he was later on confused and a little pissed, but at least confused and pissed. Like it was it was a crazy it was a crazy thing. Let's uh, let's make sure we know where we're going. The car we're heading into Heathrow now. Or we're getting closer. The car has a booster plug jack that's mounted to the inside roll cage on the passenger side. We've never used it before. Right. We're not even sure if it was hooked up to anything, right? Yeah. But all those real cars, some sometimes are on the outside of the car, sometimes they're like on the inside of the car. But you roll around with like a battery. Yeah. You, and you plug this big red prong into this other big red prong and you fire the car not on its own battery but on your jumper box that you brought so it's not like oh i'm gonna put alligator clips on the battery because you can't get to the battery but you can get to this conveniently mounted yeah it's like a quick disconnect right and so you just snap it in there and do it and so we were looking around like oh our car's dead how do we do this and we went up. I said, we got to get one of these boosters. So I ran way up the hill to Don Law's place. Don Law's the guy who helped us out last time. He's there with his son, Justin. They have their Jag, like Super Jag. And I ran up there and I grabbed his with the wheels on it. And I just started rolling it. I just stole it. I just ran it down the <laughs> hill. And I rolled it. And right as I rolled in our pit... Don Law just turned the corner and he was like, what? And I was like, oh, that's, this is yours. And he's like, yeah, where was I? He went to go get it. Yeah. Because you, you beat him to it. You understand Don Law is a great guy, but we've, we've, we've seen him two times the whole time we were there. Like he's just walking around. I, I don't know why he put his head into our paddock the second I left to go steal his equipment, but he did. And then when I got back, he was standing there. And then we plugged his in, and his battery was dead. Yeah. Now, you know, my first thought was, it's not Don Law's battery that's dead. It's my jack isn't hooked up to anything. Right. Yeah, which, something with a car. Then. Which was a negative thought of mine, but consistent. Later on, or moments later, he grabbed, Don did, he grabbed someone's mobile device, like a handheld tackle box with the cord hanging out and he handed it to like he plugged that one in and the car fired right over and then when he was done he took that thing and he handed it to Matt and he said take this with you because you have to go down to the corral and you have to go down to the paddock. And on and top of the hill. Well, go, we thought, but you bump started it there. But go yeah. to the top of the hill. You have to go to the grid. It's going to die. You need this. In so front they, of the castle where you guys were photographing, we had to go there. So <laughs> he handed it to Matt. Matt's like, okay. But do you do understand everyone uses these things, and this is somebody else's. <laughs> we had it for three hours. We, had, we borrowed it for three hours. Oh, but by the way, we took it from another Porsche guy. Yeah, so we, he was out there probably looking for that goddamn thing. He was out there, but he he made a mistake. He didn't bring it with him out there. <laughs> he just left. So he handed it to Matt. And I was like, all right, as long as we got something that will fire this car. And uh, sure enough, the car was dead. The battery's dead. But every time Matt plugged it in, it would just fire because that's the Porsche guy's stuff. And 
we went ran had a good run a couple of good runs we'll we'll compare the times to the to the nissan it was a lot drier i think it'll probably be a little bit quicker but we'll we'll see the car going up the hill was third gear just getting into fourth crossing the finish line pretty much maxed out in third gear i i'd say by the time you cross the start finish you may be going 110 but it's it's so narrow and so shaded that it seems so and so uphill that it seems kind of crazy that you're just going 110 miles an hour up a up a hill yeah with no anything just super tight uh but it's fun and and everyone's nice and the spirit is great and everything's there it was funny when we got back after three hours just to put a butt on this whole thing the driver of the guy driving the coca-cola 9 935 went hey do you have our charger and i was like we have a charger i don't know (laughs) if it's yours and i'm like where is that and we start he starts like looking through our camera equipment stuff and he's like and it was kind of good because... I tried to sneak in and put it back where, where Don La told me. Yeah, but me. I didn't know where you were or yeah. like where it was. And he kind of like started going through our stuff. How did he get word we had it? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was because his name was on it. <laughs> it written in bright Sharpie, like there, gold Sharpie on a black case. There was a name on it. And he started going through our stuff. And we're like, is it this it? And he's like, no, that's not it. And then, like, at a certain point, Matt had slid it back. So I was like, I don't know. Maybe it's back over there. And the guy's <laughs> like, oh, I guess it's here. And it was like, it was some weird. I was like, I don't know. I found one out there, and I just I just brought it over. Yeah. Uh, somebody said this is where it goes. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it wasn't fair to throw Don Law under the bus, and I wasn't about to take blame for that. So, <laughs> But Don did grab it. He did grab it. Goes. He told me later. He didn't tell me right away. He told me. Two jumps into it. By the way, that battery's probably no good anymore. We we hit that thing seven times. <laughs> yeah, but that, thanks to the uh, spirit of the Goodwood Racer, you yeah. know, we got to borrow that guy's equipment, and I, we weren't probably going to make the run otherwise. Although we could have bump started the car, which I hadn't bump started a car since like high school. But uh, coming down that hill was very easy to bump start that car. It's just it's a constant anxiety because the car is so like the the car is a crazy car it's got the turbo engines and it's fuel injected and it's always kind of like and you see the lights on the dash that light up when the engine shuts off and they're always lighting up because it's like thinking it's about to stop you know and then you put it in first gear and they're trying to get you around through the paddock and everything. And it's such a pain in the ass and you keep thinking it's going to stall and you have this anxiety because once the engine stops, you know, it's never starting again and Matt's nowhere to be found and you're strapped into the car and you're going to have to like start waving your hand outside the window. So people start pushing you. Goldberg helped us uh, get pushed back into the pit. Yeah, at one he point, was he was nice. there. He ran uh, Mike Skinner's uh, Toyota NASCAR truck. He had a little trouble. We'll get into that next week when we sit down in the studio. When I sit down with Goldberg, he'll, he'll tell you all about it. He deserves to tell you the story straight from his own mouth. Um, we're pretty much running out of time here. We're going to get to the airport. So why don't we go back, review some footage, and we'll pull something for CarCast next week and 
we can do a little bit more of a play-by-play on this and um, and the videos that uh, Nate's putting together for Vero and Motor Trend, uh, we're about a, what about a month? Yeah, yeah, it'd be about a month, and he'll have those, and we'll we'll tell you where you're going to be able to find all those things and how you're going to see them, and where we we had a great interviews and featured a bunch of great cars and great people, so we'll get into that as well. But um, I think uh, I think we're about done with this country. So for the day. until next time, it's Adam Crowley from Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea saying, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Look at you, florist by day, student by night, student by day, nurse by night. Since 1998, Penn State World Campus has led the charge in online education, offering access to more than 175 in-demand programs taught by our expert faculty. We offer flexible schedules, scholarships, and tuition plans to help you reach your educational goals online. Penn State World Campus delivers on your time. Click the ad or visit worldcampus.psu.edu to learn more. That's worldcampus.psu.edu to learn more. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.